Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Calgary Bros Football Podcast. This is Uncle CB, and we are live on Victor Speck Mansion. What's up, yo? More like his basement. Uh, but um, <laughs> I don't know what episode this is. This is episode 16, episode 15. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah, I think maybe 16. Yeah. You know, we're pushing on strong, you know, hanging in there. Yeah. Even though we're not getting any extra viewers, but we're going <laughs> to keep doing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's therapeutic. <laughs> yeah, we do it for the uh, culture. That's what we say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please listen to our show. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no man, you know we're, yeah, we're, no Tim and Sid was talking about us the other day too. Yeah, hey yeah. Tim and Sid, man. Oh, <laughs> thanks Tim and Sid for the plug. I really appreciate it, bro. Um, but yeah, on a serious note, man, you know, glad to be doing this show with everybody. You know, mm-hmm. today, um, you know, we're gonna be doing some review. Today we're gonna be keeping it short. Uh, Victor Spags got to go some places. Um, but we'll mostly be focusing more on the Premier League today and maybe mm-hmm. just touch on some key points with uh, the other leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, actually, you know what? I didn't mention, I probably should have mentioned this to you. We have come to our quarterly review, not today, mm-hmm. but on the next episode. It's going to be the quarterly review for the uh, Premier League. On Thursday. Um, on, on Thursday or Wednesday. Yeah. Um, and we're going to be reviewing how the teams are doing right now. There's, yeah. The league now is starting to look like the league that I was, you know, pointing out was going to be earlier this season. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of surprises. You know, a lot of surprises. But I think that now it's starting to look real. Mm-hmm. You know, it's now starting to look real. It's no longer looking like, oh, we've got Villa up there. Oh, we got Everton. Yeah. Oh, Southampton. Who's going to win the league this year? It's mm-hmm. not going to be the top four or top six. I mean, West Ham Get- got in there today, too. Yeah, they did. But guess what? It's going to be the top six that are going to end up there because we know mm-hmm. that's just the way it is. You know, yeah. they, they invest so much more money in the league. It just makes more sense. But anything could happen still. But I think this year we're still going to be seen on the top six in there. But yes. anyway, let's not get too hard ahead of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to uh, touch base on a couple of things. First off, um, some sad news, man. Yes. Really, there's a couple of sad news actually today. Like, I'm actually very heartbroken about two things. Uh, but I, I don't want to be starting off the, the session about this, but I just want to give the moment to it. Um, you know, first of all, Papa Buba Diop, he's, rest in uh, peace, man. You know, he's dead, rest in peace. Um, you know, it's such a sad story. You know, the other day we lost uh, Maradona, now we're losing Papa Buba Diop. Mm-hmm. And uh, Papa Buba, um, if any of you guys don't know, he was a part of the Senegalese, Senegalese team in the World Cup 2002 mm-hmm. that made that miracle run all the way to the quarterfinals only to lose to Turkey 1-0. Yeah. Um, I remember watching that game back home. Like, there's a reason why this hits hits more home because I watched that game back when we were in Nigeria with uh, you know our family, my dad at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, not, the, not the Turkey game, but the game before the uh, knockout where they knocked out Sweden. Henry Cameron is, you know, crazy, like... Uh, last uh, 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 extra, I think it was an extra time or whatever they call it, extra time goal. Um, you know the the. I remember betting my dad um, by the time I think I was about like twelve years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was twelve years old, and I bet my dad. You know, I bet him. I was like, "Yo, you know, uh, we're gonna." Uh, uh, Senegal's gonna win this, but Daddy was like, "No, no, no, they're not gonna <laughs> win it because he didn't want another African team to take the glory of uh, going far where Nigeria wasn't doing very well and mm-hmm. going far." So it was pretty funny. Um, but uh, yeah, I remember him from that World Cup uh, team. He scored a beautiful goal, I think. Uh, I mean, well, he scored a good goal against France. Yeah. Um, you know that that woke up 2002 was electric. Till today, just because of the emotion, mm-hmm. I am still trying to find a way to get the copies of that uh, World Cup. Yeah, but um, but yeah, no, it's sad, man. Yeah, that was, yeah. yeah. That was a sad one. Very very sad. Very very sad. Rest in peace, Papa. Rest in peace. You know, and uh, you forever be in our hearts. Um, and then the other sad thing, and I guess we're gonna just start this over. And pretty sad, Raúl Jiménez. Yeah, bro, man, I that Fletcher one, school. that one hurt, man. Like seeing, like I didn't know what happened, but I, I when I tuned on, so we're gonna start with Wolves Arsenal in a way. But I tuned on to that Wolves Arsenal game, and I saw the, I saw the bandage on um, Louise's head, and I was like, hmm. And then I saw the the new kid that from Wolves. I can't remember his name, Fabio something. Fabio Silva. Fabio Silva. Yeah, yeah. I saw him, and I'm like, why is he playing? And then my my brain was like, oh no, where is Rahul Jimenez? Yeah, because Mr. Rahul Jimenez, though I think it was a crazy stat. Rahul Jimenez has not missed like 
a game for like X amount of games yeah, or yeah. something crazy like that. It's crazy. And as Windows stats start coming out, some some really bad stuff really starts It's happening. a bad omen, man. But like, yeah. it just, you know, it's like, ah. Oh. And then when you see the thing, I was like, man, not Raul. Not, no, like, no, I mean, no. not anybody. Not anybody. Nobody should be. Bro, man, I've, I, my, I've had my own fair share of injuries. I have a lot of of migraines um that i that i've dealt with in the past lately luckily i don't do it go figure i've kind of retired from um um i've kind of retired from semi-retired uh from football mm-hmm. um so uh you don't you don't see me getting as many migraines as i used to anymore um but back then back in the day I used to get quite a bit of migraines and I know it doesn't have anything close to a guy who's fractured his skull, mm-hmm. but you know, Petr Ketch, um fractured his own skull and he's a goalie and he had to put on a helmet for like till the rest of his career. Right. Um, now you're going to add and uh, you add on a guy who play, who heads the ball as his main um, uh, what you call it as his main uh, mod- production yeah so it's a production as a striker you need to be able to like battle it out with defenders and all that and he he has the ball as his like main main thing right mm-hmm. guess what you know if you fracture your skull I don't know how you can recover from that mm-hmm. right so I'm very worried for him and I'm just that that one broke my heart because I really like Raul Jimenez. I watch Wolves because of him. Anytime I'm watching Wolves, I'm watching it for Raul Jimenez. Mm-hmm. Um and then to see that happen to him just it hurts my heart, man. It really hurt my heart. And then another thing too as well is David Luiz played on with a bandaged head. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like there was blood pouring out. Like I mean, people could say, Oh yeah, it's just blood and all that stuff, but he played it with a bandaged head. Mm-hmm. Bro, like and some part looked like the blood was still dripping. Yeah. Like, he didn't look like he was good, you know? He didn't look like he was some... I've seen some idiots go on Twitter and start talking shit. I'm like, bro, like, where's the class, man? Like, dude, this is a whole different ball game now. Mm-hmm. Now you're talking about a guy's career. You're talking about dementia. There's a lot of, like, um, uh, things that they've done mm-hmm. um, in... Uh, 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 research they've done in the Premier League and in the FA to discuss... You know, guys and head injuries. Mm-hmm. Like, just heading the ball. Like, let's say somebody puts in a cross. Just heading the ball yeah. is painful enough in his own. Yeah. You know, if you don't head it properly, you're in a you you could you could be in a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. You know, just doing that. Now imagine, uh, you know, doing it when you've hit somebody pretty hard, giving the guy a fractured skull, mm-hmm. and imagine if you're gonna be in a position where. You have a fractured skull and you have to head the ball again. So yeah. I'm praying for Raheem and as a speedy dec- recovery. It's just so, so, so sad. Very, mm-hmm. very sad uh, news. And it really hurt my heart to uh, to see what happened to him. And I I'm, I just wish him the best. Yeah. And I and I hope uh, he comes back strong. Yeah, get well soon, bro. Yeah. Anyway, on the other side, Arsenal lost um, 2-1. And uh, they're just a banter club, man. They're <laughs> such a banter club. This club is a joke. Obama Young has a new freaking uh, contract. And he scored one goal. You know, the, they, there's a thing, after, right? After after he got the contract, he stopped playing. He stopped, he stopped scoring goals. <laughs> and you know the funny thing? The thing is, um, they scored, uh, what they call it, uh, um, I think one penalty mm-hmm. against United. And do you know that that was the the highlight of the or the best goal of um, Arsenal, Arsenal this year. for last month? Wow. That was what they put as the goal of the month or something. <laughs> it was Aubameyang's penalty against Manchester United. Like wow. these guys are a joke, you know what I mean? So Arsenal are not. Um, they're just. It's interesting. Now I don't want to take a dig at them. It's too early in the season. Well, it's kind of the first quarter of the season. Yeah. Um, and Arteta, that everybody has been. Hyping up like crazy. Has a worse record than Unai Henry. Yeah, Unai is third right now in uh, Villar- in yeah, uh, Spain. Yes. Uh, Spain is Spain's uh, 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 thing is actually looking pretty good this mm-hmm. year. Eh? But we don't watch La Liga. No, we don't watch that La Liga. <laughs> but like they actually look at you know what? That's the only reason now why I want to watch it because <laughs> Real is not doing well enough and Barca are nowhere to be found in the top four. So I can't lie, man. I watch I watch Real just for Hazard and I watch Atletico Madrid. He just got injured. Too. He just I got know, injured. I know. I told you. I was so cheesy. Anyway, but um, Arsenal now, you know they they're not looking they're not looking too too hot. And watching that watching that game, 
I was just like, what is what is this whole thing about Arteta? Everybody <laughs> says Arteta is the next best thing since sliced bread. Ian Wright, he had the balls to post. Oh, um, uh, what they call it? I'm telling you, if Arteta is coaching Manchester United, they will be, you know, in a, it'll be title challengers. I'm like, uh huh. Last day I tweeted, I tweeted that thing when uh, he, you know. <laughs> It just to show them like, hey, is this the guy that you think is gonna coach United? Yeah, you know, yeah, he's he's playing against Ole when Ole is at his least confidence, mm-hmm. and Ole is you know trying to get a result, not trying to win the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you think like you can coach United now? So Arteta, like, what do you think about Arteta, man? Arteta, mm. is he a fraud? <laughs> no, <laughs> is I would he fraud the old. I wouldn't. Ca- I wouldn't call Arteta a fraud. I think. He's just... Uh, do you think Arteta is overhyped? No, I do not. I don't think he is. Because oh, man, man. he sort of... He you, haven't, you haven't gone on Twitter to go see what Arsenal fans do, right? Oh, are they going crazy? <laughs> These guys. But it's all good. It's all good, yeah? yeah. They're hiding now because of all the bad <laughs> results they're getting. I think I think Arteta was the guy they needed to come in and, and steady the ship. I tell you what. But you go ahead. Yeah, and uh, just kind of bring a different... like. Um, tactical experience mm-hmm. for Arsenal as well as he knew what to do with the players when he first like went when he came in but obviously Arsenal was just I think Arsenal is dead wood because if you look at if you look at the positions that they have on the pitch all these guys are 30 something years old like David Luiz is 36 or 34 35 mm-hmm. or something William is 30, 30 what, 32, 33. Mm-hmm. Um, Obama Yang is 31, 32. Um, their striker, Lacazette, how old is Lacazette? I think Lacazette is in his late 20s. Late 20s. Um, then in the in the in those in those positions wide, yes, they got a little bit younger with Hector Bellerin, and then on the left side you have uh, uh, Tierney. Mm-hmm. I think they just I think they need to refresh. They can't just. I, I, as much as people say old guys are like the more experienced, me when I when I start a team when I start a team, bro, like I have I have a, a, an age group that I take. After that age group is gone, it's over. You know what I mean? Like in in FIFA, mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm in my in my career mode, I'll have the age group from eighteen or sixteen yeah. to twenty nine. That after that, no more. Like once you're thirty something years old, I either try to sell you or I just I just don't renew your contract. And it's straight up. But like you know, don't you need old people for experience though? Because you're gonna like those guys that you're calling out there. William is no slouch. He still works very hard. Yeah, still give you absolutely what a lot of young. But when William was in Chelsea. I told I I literally said this I think it was three years ago and I said Willen you need to leave this club but because a, because oh, isn't that isn't he a club legend for you guys man Willen yeah this guy like has won everything I mean Willen has won it with Hazard right yeah but like he he works hard like he I, does he's a workhorse he don't get me and wrong he's skilled too it's not like don't, he doesn't know how to don't don't do get don't get things. me wrong like I like Willen yeah but the thing with Willen is Willen is inconsistent. And this is what this is what the, the 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 Chelsea faithfuls have known for a long time. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You're watching games. You see William running his head, running like a chicken with his head cut off, and it's like, bro, what are you doing? Well, it's just one simple pass. Yeah, and we're through. Yeah. But you have to take the ball all the way and run all the way to the front, then run all the way to the back, and then lose the ball. Yeah, and then they but have an opportunity. When I watch, um, when I watch that, um, I watch William play. Yeah, I don't see that in his game right now. You know, I didn't see you didn't see much of that in his game last year, last season. Yeah, because he was fighting for a contract. <laughs> Once he got that contract, it was a wrap. Yeah. Look at him in Arsenal. Thank you, Arsenal, for taking Willen. I swear to God, they should have sold this guy to Barcelona that time when when Barca came and said we'll give you money for him. Mm-hmm. They should have sold him then. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, cause I like a, a, a team that's more uh, revitalized, um, energy based, pace based. You know what I mean? Because the game is only getting more modernized now. It's yeah, just yeah, becoming yeah. more faster. Yeah. And then it's so much harder for the older guys to keep up. You yeah. know what I mean? But if you're saying that kind of stuff, then you won't have room for a guy like Cavani. 
Did you see what he did in the weekend? Yeah, that's that's what is. one game or two games. It's one game, but the thing is, all game he's been like yeah. Cavani, every, Cavani, every is, Cavani is a guy who like takes care of himself very well. Him, so you're saying Willian doesn't take care of himself? Willian takes like care of himself, but what himself. I'm saying is Willian is inconsistent. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you could see that inconsistency just brewing in Arsenal right now. Yeah, like it's just right there but for I, you to I, see. Watching the game, he was not. The reason why they're inconsistent, I think there's more to it. I don't, I don't think that it's just the playing the elderly guys. The elderly guys at that level can still give you a lot. Yeah. Yes, as they get older, you shouldn't be relying on all of them. But when I hear just three guys, mm-hmm. you're talking about in the base of defense. You're talking of um, David Luiz. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not the greatest yeah. center back. We also knew, leader, we also know? knew that too. Yeah. yeah. But still, he's at the base, right? Yeah. He gives you that experience. <laughs> And the reason why he's there is because the other guys don't give you that cover. Yeah. And then you go over on the other side, on the right wing, you now have William. Yeah. You go over on the other side, left forward, a striker, mm-hmm. you have Obama Young. Obama Young, I know I'm cracking a joke, but Obama Young is actually a very decent striker. But the thing um, is, like, if you look at how Arsenal is playing right now, he hasn't been playing striker. Yeah, I know. He's not playing striker. He's like left forward or yeah. something, right? Uh, I mean, but... I don't think this is necessarily because of age. I just think this is a situation because of the manager himself and the inability to coach or or maybe he doesn't have the person. I think he has a personality. He has Ceballos on the team. Yeah. And he has he play, some really he good... Plays, he plays Ceballos a lot. Yeah. And he has some really good guys who can do some things, right? Mm-hmm. But I think it's just the inability to coach or get the best out of his guys on an attacking system. Because he's, he's a more defensive, he's a more defensive-minded coach. Yeah. That's what he is. As yeah. much as people don't like to admit it, and Arsenal fans don't like to admit it, Arteta is a defensive coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's, this why, is that's where, why that's why City's struggling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why City leaks goals because mm-hmm. when you look at it, Arteta knew how to set up a system in play, and then Pep that, knew how to handle the, the attacking yeah, side. Pep, so it was a good balance. It was a very good balance, yeah. right? But when you look at him, and now the personnel that he has, he doesn't want to use, or the club will not let him use yeah. him in Ozil. Like I keep saying this, there are some players in a in a team where you give them that free role, mm-hmm. like. As a coach myself... So you think Ozil should come back to the I, I think Ozil should come back. I don't... Ozil is sitting there playing PlayStation <laughs> and tweeting yeah. and watching Arsenal games. The game and going. they're giving him £350,000 a week, mm-hmm. right? You got to... Like, how can you have an asset like that and then turn him into such a liability? Yeah. Right? So, my own thing, Ozil is not the greatest. Like, mm-hmm. please don't get me wrong. Everybody talks about the death of, a, of an attacking midfielder or... The death of a central attacking or cam, mm-hmm. and you know cam. Like There's still how a we, lot of cams out there. Yeah, but the, the way we used to know them is no longer the way we know them mm-hmm. now. The way the way we used to know them were cam. Free you have the roll. free roll. You yeah. can run anywhere on the pitch. Mm-hmm. You can decide not to track back if you want. We have nine other players that will do the job yeah. for you. But the game has become so advanced that the death of cams now is a thing. Mm-hmm. You can see people who put up systems. That's why when you look at Gary Southgate, he's putting up his system. He doesn't have good systems for somebody like Jack Grealish, who is a left winger slash left attacking midfield, when he could push him more on the inside Mm -hmm. and then give the left winger position to like somebody like Raheem Sterling. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't want to do that because he's afraid that these guys will not do the things he wants. So instead he says, okay, Mason Mount, you go over here Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to play this other guy. Oh, I'll I'll play you as a cam in a sense, but you're not really a cam. You're Mm -hmm. more of a... You're more of a defensive attacking mid. Well, mm-hmm. not, I mean, more of a box-to-box mid, but you have a little bit more offensive uh, inclination. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I think what w- w- the the system, the modern day, we have built a system around players and work ethic, mm-hmm. which is good because for me, from the school of coaching that I come from, that is like the base of what you need mm-hmm. in a team. Work ethic is the minimum. Is yeah. the is a non-negotiable, non-negotiable requirement. Exactly. I don't think Ozil cannot do that. I think Ozil can do that. Mm-hmm. You just need to like say, look, Ozil, give me 60%, okay? Mm-hmm. 40%, I'll let you do a little bit more of what you want to do. Yeah. Give me 60%. Everybody else, you ask them, give me 100%. Mm-hmm. Or Ozil, or 80%. Give me 80%. You can negotiate that with the player. Mm-hmm. And I think because... The difference is Ozil would give you that different thing. Mm-hmm. He would give you that different... That creative. Exactly. The spontaneous uh, zazz. 
why, why am I saying this? And people will be like, you know, I'm one of the most, um, I, don't, I mean, I'm not actually one of the most defensive coaches. I'm one of the coaches that like to um, like preach more of the attacking game and mm-hmm. the attacking philosophy. Yeah. Considering I'm a defender, um, but I, I, pre- I preach more because I understand the psychology of a defenseman and the psychology of an offensive guy. Mm-hmm. If your team sits back and defends and defends and defends and defends, they'll fall under pressure. And defends. The psychology of the game is tedious. It becomes stressful. Mm-hmm. That's why teams don't like coaches like Mourinho after the second season yeah. or third season because it's like, I can't deal with this, man. Mm-hmm. This guy is going to bring us to the team and the first thing he's going to talk about is how to park the bus, <laughs> how to put like 10 men behind it. Like yeah. That's the first thing it brings up, right? Yeah. And the psychology of that, because players at the end of the day are human beings. They still want to play. They mm-hmm. still want to have fun. Um, so in a way... You got to understand, okay, how, like, yes, I want you guys to do the Mm non-negotiables, but I'm going to bring this back to Manchester United, for example, Bruno Fernandes right now. Mm -hmm. Bruno, yeah, he does do the defensive work, but I can tell you he doesn't do it like all, like and every other player, Cavani does more defensive work in my opinion than Bruno did mm-hmm. in that game. Yeah, everybody like else tackles in forty-five minutes. Yeah, every, like everybody else, I see the only person who is giving go and do what you need to do. But I can feel like there's a negotiation piece there between him and Ole, and Ole's mm-hmm. like, I need you to track back and do this a little bit more, or yeah. at least press high, mm-hmm. you know. And then if you as lose the opportunity, aware of it, yeah. yeah. There was even there was even I think Don Hutchison in the game with Manchester United mentioned it. Bruno should be tracking that guy back. Mm-hmm. But Bruno wasn't tracking the guy back. Yeah. Guess who played for the whole 90 minutes? Bruno yeah, Fernandes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's it's a thing. You'd negotiate with your player and say, mm-hmm. look, I want you to play the football you want to play, but I also want you to understand that, you know, if you don't give do this. me this a little bit. Like, it's not if you don't do this. Just give me this. Mm-hmm. Can we do this? Can I see it in the next five games? Mm-hmm. Minimum. Yeah. Then we can figure something out. Because mm-hmm. then Ozzy will say, okay, Let's work it out. And then he would try. He may be lost on the pitch. He may not be efficient as he will be, mm-hmm. but he will slowly understand the way that you want him to, to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'll, I'll take this back. With our own um, youth team, mm-hmm. you know, who was our best uh, uh, player at the time, I share, right? Mm-hmm. You know, kid, very intelligent. My um, my technical director, every time, mm-hmm. you know, you've got, to, you've got to tell him to stay back. You've <laughs> got to tell him to... And I'm like, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. He needs to do the defensive work. We need to teach him. He's a young kid. He's yeah. only 12. He needs to learn defensive. But I'm like, man, no. This kid is a, he's useless defensively. I'm sorry. When people are, I, I, had, I did a whole, I spent a, a whole month on mm-hmm. defensive shape and defensive organization. And he got it 60% of the time. And I said, that's all I need. Mm-hmm. But my technical director, he got it. You gotta do. You gotta do it. You gotta show him. Look, he's lost there. I'm like, don't worry. He will get the ball. Just watch. Yeah. Next minute, ball comes in. They send him a long ball. Mm-hmm. Controls it. Keeps it clean. Does a couple of things. Keeps his head up. Sends a crossover to the other side. Mm-hmm. What do we get? A header goal. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty these attacking midfielders give you. And if you don't recognize that on the on on the field of play, if you don't recognize what attacking sense they give you and mm-hmm. especially coaches that love the defensive side of the game if you cannot recognize and understand that yeah man you will be in you you your psychology of the game for your players will be, be just will be just every time i have to defend mm-hmm. my brain hurts mm-hmm. i have to stick back and hold this guy and 10 men behind the ball mm-hmm. and we know without the ball and we have to chase and chase and chase and chase versus and then to forget versus, how to attack. exactly versus we now have the ball we know how we can break teams down. We want to use this uh, strategy, this style, and blah, blah, blah. And this mm-hmm. is what we want to do. And it's a whole different feeling, mm-hmm. right? So anyway, so I think Arteta needs to figure... I think the problem with Arteta is not the age. I think the problem is... He doesn't have an attacking coach. He doesn't... Not that he doesn't have an attacking coach. I think maybe maybe that's that. But I think that his system is too non... Uh, he has too many non-negotiables mm-hmm. that he he refuses to recognize when he needs to negotiate a little bit mm. on the offensive side. I need to compromise. That's yeah. as much, we are not football. People could say football is a dictatorship. If you work on a pep, it's a dictatorship. Mm-hmm. You, there's no, you need to pass the ball. There's no, com- there's no compromise. Mm-hmm. You need to pass the ball, but there's a reason why pep has 
because he, the genius side of him understands he plays offensive football, mm-hmm. but the offensive football is also a means for him to protect you know mm-hmm. the defensive side. So he understands that. Ateta on the other side is psychologically working with a defensive scheme mm-hmm. that is painful for players to deal with all the time, and you know he 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 needs to compromise a little bit. He needs mm-hmm. to say, look, okay, you know what? Here's what I'm willing to give. Can you guys do this for me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anywho, that's that piece there on Arteta. They lost 2-1. Um, I think uh, Arteta needs he needs some work. And the other side, too, as you said, yeah. hire yourself an offensive coach. Yeah. You've got to hire yourself an offensive coach. Like, just like Lampard. Or, 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 or a coach that is very good at uh, coaching what you're not very good at, right? But Just, just like Lampard did. Yeah, but yeah. We'll, 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 we'll talk about that piece in a bit here. Mm-hmm. Okay, jumping over the next piece. Your Chelsea side took care of the business this uh, uh, weekend mm-hmm. by drawing the leaders on the league. So you yeah. guys did a good job, right? Uh, we... <laughs> <laughs> okay, one thing with Chelsea, we at Chelsea, we always want to win, right? Wow. It's not it's not about tying the game. But yes, in that circumstance, we will take it. We'll take the draw. It was a good game. I think we played amazing. We did really good. There were some things that I, I, I kind of pieced when I was watching the game. I was analyzing it. And what I saw was the defenders for Tottenham were playing kind of like goalkeepers. They were pretty back. Like, yeah, yeah, they yeah. were right at the level of, of Yoris. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and, and this is... I, I was seeing this. I was, seeing, the I, football, I was seeing this a lot. And, the Mourinho special. And what I thought was like, why didn't... At some point, you know, they always swing in the crosses in. Mm-hmm. Why didn't at some point, while they're drawing down the line, cut that ball back and send it a bit to the mid mm-hmm. and let the mid smash it in? Yeah. Because that will create so much more chances. Yeah. And it'll put it'll put Yuris under so much pressure okay. because he's just constantly getting bombarded. And then once they notice that that's, that's happening, what's gonna what what they're gonna start doing now is they're gonna start coming out. Mm-hmm. When they come out, you send that ball in. Yeah. You send it into that goalkeeper's side. Yeah. So now now you have two variations that you could use to pemp to to pepper them. And this is another thing too. Um, Last year, we had a huge problem breaking down teams that sat back, mm-hmm. right? This year, what do we have that we can use to break down teams that sat back? We got Ziyech, right? We got Ziyech who can, who can swing balls from, from diagonally and push that ball in. As well as if a team sits back so much, you should be peppering them with shots mm. because... What what happens there is like once they once they're sitting back, the only way you're going to be able to unlock the defense is by shooting this ball, right? You should. That's what City did. Remember, what was it in two two three years ago? Yeah. Teams used to just play low block against them, hoping that they they didn't penetrate at all. But what did they have? Raheem Sterling comes through, takes a shot from outside the box. Yeah, it's Bruyne. a goal. De Bruyne comes, takes a shot from outside the box. Bernardo Silva, Riyad Mahrez, all of them taking shots from outside the box. Yeah. You know what I mean? We kept majority of the possession, but what what we did not what we did not create is short opportunities for ourselves. Yeah. And if we created those short opportunities for ourselves, that would definitely put Tottenham under some serious distress, right? I'll tell you something why I don't think that would have really worked the way you thought it was. I think the problem wasn't um, um, the idea. I think the idea was was right. You know, had a good idea, but the problem was more the. Um, uh, I would say it's uh, the personnel. Now, I think you guys had the right personnel up yeah. until a specific point, and this is this is going to go against everything I've been always been saying. Um, regards to a specific player, mm-hmm. Tammy Abraham. Yeah, everything in my opinion, there were two good crosses that came into that he box. He could have finished. He, he could have finished the first. The, he he could have finished one out of two. At, at one least. out of, at least. At least, and not even finish it. Put in yeah. the net. Yeah, just and, put and, it on and we talked. We talked about this yeah. um, um, before before the game yeah. last week, and we said Giroud. Giroud is the guy for yeah. this. Yeah, if Giroud was there, yeah. those balls coming in, yeah. boom. But I think I think what Frank is noticing is that Tammy is growing. He's become another side. He he's gained another side, another dimension of his play. He is, and that's where he thought, oh yeah, maybe Tammy can be the guy. Not to against, do this. not against you know Mourinho, I mean? man. There's right? a different. There's a reason why Mourinho is the master of like 
you know, the dark arts and the master of like Thank everything you, you hate about, you know, football, football in yeah. a sense, he's the master of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a reason why. And that's because he just knows that, you know, you have a principle mm-hmm. and I don't. Yeah. I will do anything for yeah. my team to win. Yeah. You know, if I have to put 10 guys on the backside, I'll do it. I will freaking do it. Yeah. You know, in fact, Sissoko almost looked like he was playing like a third center back. Yeah. He w- I, um, that was another thing, too. Sissoko was drifting and he was going to the wings. Yeah. So he was covering who was coming from the wings. But what that did was that was opening up spaces in the middle. Yeah. Holberg can't do that shit alone. No, no, no he can't. can't do that alone. So what 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 they needed to do was either push Mount a little bit higher, push Mount a little bit higher, be like get on him mm-hmm. because as Sissoko is over on the wings, who's gonna pro- who's gonna protect the, the middle? Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean. Holberg's exactly. the only one who can protect the middle. Yeah, and if you if you load Holberg and overload him with Mount coming players, in, yeah. then Kovacic coming in, yeah. and then Kante right behind him, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then what is Sissoko gonna do? There's no way that space was there. Yeah, but if they had exploited it, mm-hmm. we would have found so much more success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I I know that. So I think Giroud was just the guy because what Giroud would do. He will force not only like yes, Dyer and um Rondo were sitting back and defending deep. Mm-hmm. He will actually force them to be honest and stay re- like deep. deep. Like yeah. because now they're like yeah. they're gonna throw the ball in the exactly. air. Exactly. But what that does is it now creates that Options. opening space behind yeah. where people now okay, you guys are no longer a one trick pony mm-hmm. now. You have a striker now that you know, in a way. He's kind of like a Cavani in a yeah. sense because these guys are penalty box merchants. That's mm-hmm. what I call them. Like the penalty box, they'll hug it. They will, they will, the balls come in the box. They'll find a way to connect their yeah. head, their leg, any inch of their body yeah. to get a goal there. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, I was I was kind of shocked that uh, you guys were not uh, respecting the, that fact, mm-hmm. and you weren't giving um, uh, what they call it Giroud, Giroud the, the opportunity. And then finally, when you're giving the opportunity. They, you know, there was a chance that kind of came to him. Yeah. He kind of, you know, took it a little bit rough. But but I think I know, think I think that was also because Giroud didn't get a lot of chances. Yeah, yeah. He but was it, he hasn't been warmed up into the game. Given two chances, he will bury one out of two. Yeah. Just like Tammy had those chances, yeah. right? And remember, I said this. I said once Pulisic comes back, Tammy's going back on the bench. Yeah. And you're gonna see it happen on Wednesday. Mm. It's gonna happen on Wednesday. It'll probably happen on on Saturday when we play when we play Leeds. Oh yeah. God! And the fans are coming back. So um, that's gonna be that's gonna be a special moment. Um, I thought Frank Frankie could have made his subs a little bit more earlier. Yeah. Because then what, what that would have done would have given these guys more of an opportunity to do something and create mm-hmm. an impact. Yeah. But you're bringing in Pulisic at 74 minutes. Yeah. Right. What did he bring out? Drew to get 80 minutes at 82nd yeah. or something at, at the 82nd minute. And then the the Havertz he brought in at like the 78 or the 76 yeah. around there. So it was like, it was like, Frankie, come on. I, like, you're doing a great job. Yeah. But now I think what you need to know is when to bring these players in. If he had brought Pulisic in a 68 minute, give him 30 minutes to work. Mm-hmm. Give him 30 minutes to work. Bring Giroud in, maybe 65, a 78, 78 minute. He has 20 minutes, 25 minutes to do something. Yeah. And then Kai Havertz, you bring Kai Havertz in, probably make, even at the 68 minute, mm. 68 or 65, bring him same time as Pulisic because then what that's going to do, Mourinho is going to be like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. So Pulisic and Havertz are both coming in now. Yeah. So how do I nullify them? You know what I mean? But you waited so long. I don't know why he wait. Why did Why did but he wait that the, long? Because he wanted to bring in um somebody else. He wanted Mourinho to make his move before he made they, his they own were, move. They were trying to blink. Like the this is the thing, right? Lampard did the exact same thing with United, yeah. right? Honestly, in my opinion, United were there for the taking. Um, I hate to put it that way, but that but Manchester United against you guys. Mm-hmm were there for the taking. And for some reason, Lampard just was like, I'm worried that, you know, if I push on and Rashford and whoever is going to find space behind... And he's right. He's Mm -hmm. absolutely right. There's Mm -hmm. no reason not to think that. There's a reason why he's a Premier League coach and Mm -hmm. we're just guys who are, you know, sitting on our couches talking about football. Absolutely. Right? But on the same vein, it's like, man, you need to... Sometimes you need to gamble to get something. In a game where it's that tight-knit. Yeah. But I I have a feeling that Lampard plays the occasion now. 
He's yeah. like, yeah. He realizes that okay, I'm playing against the top, the top team here mm-hmm. in the league. There's yeah. a reason why they're the top team in the league. If yeah. I give Son and Harry Kane space behind, they'll smash us. They'll, they, yeah. And and there were times when when I looked at I'm like, oh. And and that's you know, a, that's like, another thing too because um in the in the in the in the post match conference, um in the post match interview when yeah. Chilwell was talking. He was talking like they were drilled about Harry Kane and Son. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, oh, we knew about their threats. Yeah. And especially Harry Kane and Son. Yeah. Frank Lampard came to talk. Harry Kane and exactly. Son. Exactly. Like they just they they, they were drilled yeah. on that. But that's, right? that's the thing. They're playing the occasion. They don't they don't they're not recognizing their that they also have game changers on yeah. their team. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing. I you know, with United, mm-hmm. they're probably like, Okay, we're not a good defensive group yeah. and people know us for that. So we're not gonna take crazy risks. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna be careful. We're not gonna commit too many guys on the transition. Yeah. We just have four guys going to transition, six guys stay back and just monitor everything. Um, and I think that's kinda like at that moment, I think that's what he was trying to do. Mm-hmm. What uh Lampard is doing with Tyreek Kane and Son is like, yeah, you know, their threats are much more dangerous if you give them the space. Yeah. And in a way is he Right, Absolutely. yeah, Absolutely. you know, Harry Kane right now is sort of the yeah. best duo right now in the Premier but, League. But while but while he's doing that, he's also selling himself short. But exactly, but we but, have we have players that can come in and just destroy. You're right, team. but then if it doesn't work, then people will be crucified. Yeah, that's you the know, thing. The next day they'll be like, "How will Lampard be yeah. so naive? How would he let Harry Kane mm-hmm. and Son walk all over and our I, back I, line?" As well, too, it was a home game, and he's yeah. not trying to. He's not trying he's to, not to, trying to yeah. banter. He's not trying yeah, to get bantered, exactly. you know. Or so, people saying lamps out, and he's so yeah. he's like, I'm gonna just place it. But we should have won this game. The, the way he's like, doing it, we live to find another day. I don't, I, I don't think you guys should have won the but, game. But, but he, he, he even said it too. He even said it in the post match uh, interview. We should have won. You know yeah. what I mean? At he, one point, it was, always, looking, was, it was looking like that. that mount shot was gonna be the was gonna be the final one. Yeah. And then Yoris just, oh, uh-huh. yeah. What a no, great he, he, you know, he knows this stuff, right? Yeah. But like the bottom line is. He wasn't willing to do more. Yeah. And he wasn't willing to do it early mm-hmm. to try to, you know. He didn't want it. to take the risk. Early. He didn't yeah. want to do it. Yeah. So he wasn't willing to. Yeah. Now he's, um, uh, what you call it, is, uh, is, he, is he willing to do it now? It depends. I think he knows his audience. If he knows the game, the team he's playing against, yeah. that's why when you see against Southampton, they scored 3-3. Mm-hmm. West Brom, 3-3. He's mm-hmm. willing to take crazy risks against, against those, those kind of teams because it's like they don't have much. But not against but Tottenham. But when you're looking at Tottenham and United, yeah. he's kind of like, guys, let's kind of slow it down a bit yeah. because these guys, guys have threats, guys can, right? They can hurt, hurt us. us on the break, exactly. Right? When when you maybe you should be worrying more about that against uh, those teams. But you can also say in that time it was preseason. They haven't had a chance to really work on the defensive schemes and mm. all that stuff. But that's just the thing there. But anyway, good in a way, it's kind of a good result. Yeah. In yeah. a way for... But I, mean, I think... To stay in the top three for sure. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're going to be gunning for that position again in like the next week. So, I guess live to fight another day, right? Yeah. So. We'll see how it goes. But I'll say the team that benefited the most from this... It's Tottenham. No. Manchester United. Oh, because, yeah, we yeah. tied. Yeah, we tied you guys at the tied. top of the table. Right now, United seem to be on that scary run that was scaring all y'all guys yeah. last season when you guys were and I, I also think another team that benefited from it is also Liverpool because, absolutely because yeah, if, absolutely. If, Tottenham, absolutely. if Tottenham won they'd be two points ahead yeah exactly but if exactly. Chelsea won Chelsea would be one point ahead of exactly. them right? exactly so, Tottenham in my opinion missed a big chance to kind of state their claim yeah and really throw off everything yeah because but if they had been two points ahead mm-hmm. Liverpool now are now they're no longer thinking like, oh, we're in a good spot now. Yeah. They're now thinking that, oh, um, you know, we have to now worry about this guy. Yeah. And our boys are not ready. Fit, yeah. You they're know, Milner, who was supposed to be coming in for what? Hamstring issue. Hamstring issue. Yeah. You know, you have so many players now who are out. Now, like before, Jürgen, at first I was like, Jürgen Klopp, on, on his, uh, as well on his post match interview, mm-hmm. he was, he went at the, the, the journalist. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, he's been. For yeah. eight minutes. Yeah, he's, he's like, around. But like, you know, that's that's the thing, right? Like, they're feeling the pressure. Mm-hmm. But if Tottenham won that game. Yeah. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, Mourinho is playing. This, this he's is playing this is why games he's, he's playing the he's playing his cards. But this is why I always say Mourinho right now as a modern day manager, he's not it mm-hmm. because other managers would be like, I'm gambling. Yeah, I'm I'm gam. You know what? Forget 
forget Chelsea, mm-hmm. this may be a big, big opportunity for them, but I'm gambling. But Mourinho has experience. Mm-hmm. As I said, this is the reason why he's a professional football coach with multiple trophies, won different leagues. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why he's, he's that. And there's a reason why we're here on our couch talking about like football. You know, um, That's one of the biggest things. So yeah. um, when you overall, you look at the overall, I would say um, in a sense... It's it's a chance missed, but based on his experience, yeah, it may be an opportunity for him to you know stake his claim. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're taking a short break and then we'll be right back. Yeah. All right, we're back. Yes. Um, so, United, bro. Yeah, man. What the hell? I was watching that game early in the morning, coming back from a party. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, I just got up in the in the room and I was watching it. And United were zero zero, and then all of a sudden Southampton just scored two. Yeah, and I was like, my my, this is the game that I predicted with the three two with Southampton winning. But you guys have been beating Southampton three two for the past oh, like yeah. five six games. Yep. So I passed out at two two zero. I was like, man, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. And I just went to sleep. I woke up, and it was 3-2, man. And I'm like, wow. Bro, Cavani has become my favorite footballer in, like, a heartbeat, man. Really? Oh, I love that <laughs> guy, man. Look, I, I okay, so just to give you guys some history about Cavani, right? Like, even though him coming to the club at this age was kind of, like, hit and miss, I can't even remember what the hell I said about him when he came to the club. But um, originally... Cavani, when he, I think it's poor. Let's start off with the context here. It is poor that Cavani is playing in the Manchester United team. Mm-hmm. Why? That, that I think that's something people need to understand. Why? It shows that we don't have a proper recruitment strategy. Mm-hmm. When we should be looking at kids like you know Erling Haaland, mm-hmm. um, you know that's a, an actual guy that fits the mold mm-hmm. of what Cavani is, but in a youthful, way. much more like intense way. Yeah. Instead, we're going for a guy like Cavani, mm-hmm. and and okay, if we had gone for Cavani, let's say um, a month before the transfer window ended, okay, fine, I get it, I know why we're doing that. But we got Cavani on deadline day. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy was not even ready. Like he he had to quarantine for two weeks before we ended up, um, you know, uh, hooking uh, hooking him up on the team. Mm-hmm. So a lot of us sit here and then, you know, when we look at it in that context, United's transfer window was a shambles. But am I happy that Cavani's on our team? Absolutely. When Cavani was in Napoli, giving you now some history as to what I, I've always wanted Cavani the time he finished with Napoli, I was like, bro, I want Cavani. Like, if it's anything to give me for Christmas, give me freaking Cavani. Mm-hmm. We didn't get Cavani. That ship sailed. I gave up. I was like, this guy would never come to this club. He's 34 now. He's too old. He, you know, PSG. like, he's, he played for PSG, a league where, like, farmers could win the freaking league. You know, <laughs> like... Um, I mean, it's a joke, obviously, but yeah. you know, he he wasn't even the Ibrahimovic came. Ibrahimovic started before him. Yeah. Like he had to get shunted out. Why? Like all these crazy things, right? So, looking at Cavani as a player, um, it uh, uh, at this age, it's kind of like, hmm. but it's freaking Cavani. In fact, you know, Gabby and I were cracking the joke. Mm-hmm. If we have, uh, we don't even have any kids now, but if we have. A, four, uh, a third child will call the child Cavani. That's just how much I, you know, I'm in love with this guy, man. Like, you know, so, but let's talk about the game a bit. Yeah, 2 nothing. That 2 nothing was against the run of play. United, in fact, dominate, uh, uh, yeah, dominated the game. You guys were dominating. Yeah, I watched, I, I came to the game kind of like um, 15 minutes late. And so there were a couple of people who were ahead of me and they kind of posted like, oh my God, you know, United are down 2 nothing. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then I started to, uh, uh, you know, I, I watched it in my head. I was just like, we're playing well. And for some reason, instead of me panicking, this was one of the first times, maybe it's because I'm now a lot more desensitized to the way United play mm-hmm. and how like, oh, it's just one of those days. We're going to lose now. You know, forget it, blah, blah, blah. But I wasn't panicking and I wasn't upset or anything. I was... I wasn't mad too, because usually I'd be mad. I'd be like, "Ole, how dare you? You picked the wrong lineup. <laughs> you know how you, blah blah blah." Ole picked the, the the lineup that I've been asking for, the yeah. diamond four yeah. four two mm-hmm. with a diamond formation in the middle. I've been asking for this formation. I've been saying it. Bruno 
um, Van der Beek, you've got Fred, you've got Matic, you've got Pogba. Lee. You have so many midfielders. Pogba's Why injured, don't you play he? them? He's injured. Yeah. Why don't you play them? That's the that's the way I think of it when you talk about the diamond formation. And mm -hmm. this is such people will ask, why is it such a big deal? Well, it's a big deal because Ole doesn't know what his best formation is. Mm -hmm. If Ole knew what his best formation is, I wouldn't be sitting here telling you to play the uh, uh, United should be playing the diamond. Yeah. The only problem that I have with the diamond is he doesn't know how to coach with. Mm -hmm. Right, and if you don't know how to coach with, then you now play a formation that doesn't use with. It makes your job twenty times more difficult to be able to create opportunities to win the game. Mm -hmm. If you watch the goals that we scored, how did we score them? We scored them with with. Yeah. Both of them crosses coming into the box, either from Cavani, mm -hmm. you know, or from uh, Rashford. That was how we scored the goals through with with allows you to win games. It, it stretches the team and opens up the midfield for you. Mm -hmm. Or, if they don't want to do that, then it gives you good balls in, uh, into the box uh, uh, for your guys to go on to head or one time or do anything. Mm -hmm. You pl The best teams play with width. So anyway, I... I um, uh, I've, that's why I've always said, like, Ole, the reason why we keep saying what is the formation that United should play, because Ole doesn't have his best formation yet. He hasn't figured it out yet. So... He has strikers. He has midfielders. Play the freaking diamond. Mm -hmm. That's that's the that's the way I look at it. And learn to coach it. If you can't, figure it out. But anyway, um, so we 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 played kind of the best game. And when you see guys like um, uh, sorry Van der Beek in the midfield, mm -hmm. my goodness, Van der Beek is another guy. Like this, three guys that I asked for this transfer window. Give me. Van der Beek, give me Partey, mm -hmm. and maybe Sancho. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Or find another winger who can do Sancho's Same job. Thing, yeah. You know what I mean? So those were the those are the things that I've asked for. Why? Because if you can control the midfield, mm -hmm. you can control the game. game. Yeah. You control the game. Yeah. Yes, Mourinho, as I said, he's one of the exceptions. He's the master of the dark arts. Mm -hmm. Nuno Espirito Santo is one of the other players too as well and I don't want to say he's one of the dark cards because his name is you know God the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit like you know I don't you know so like you know these are the masters of like sit back defend hustle stay mm -hmm. back 10 players these men know how to coach teams yeah. on how to be how to do that and win games mm -hmm. right but with our own team if we sit back and we defend too much we don't have good enough defenders to like stave away opportunities and then give our forwards the best opportunities to win the game mm -hmm. we need the extra support from our midfielders we need the extra support from our wingers if we are playing with a winger yeah. so for me Ole finally got it right by just playing somebody who instead of him asking his boys to sit back and mm -hmm. defend can keep the ball and keep the possession going mm -hmm. Van der Beek helps you do that he helps you do that he connects the dots Bruno had one of the worst games I have ever seen him in a in a shirt. He still scored a goal and still got an assist. That's mm -hmm. how good he is. He had one of the worst football games I have ever seen him play in. If we didn't have a guy like Van der Beek, who could at least keep the ball in for you know most of the time? One touch. I watched a whole two minute clip mm -hmm. of uh, Van der Beek playing with the ball. All one touch, two touch, one touch, two touch. He doesn't take extra touches. Mm -hmm. A game, a game like this. Thank you, efficient. A game, a game, a game like this. You know, if Pogba was playing, I don't think we'll win this game. Mm -hmm. I like Pogba. Okay, I, I don't like him like some of the crazy guys. You know, stands like mm -hmm. him. I like Pogba, but Pogba would not give us the results that we're looking for. You know why? Because the moment it put on Pogba's feet, Pogba was like, hmm. Maybe I should do something special. Well, oh, they're just taking the ball away from my feet. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're just gonna go score a goal against yeah. me. You know what I mean? He's not press resistant, right? Mm -hmm. So, having a guy like Pogba on your uh, on, on your team in a game like this doesn't bode well for your team. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work well for your team. So, what do you need? You need guys like Van der Beek, mm -hmm. and especially against Hassan Hutu's team that presses the life out of you. They suffocate the pitch. You only have Romeo and uh, Ward Prowse, you know, uh, uh, suffocating the midfield. Mm -hmm. You don't have space. You don't have time. So, what do you need? You need guys who can recognize I don't have space and time mm -hmm. out. Van der Beek comes from the school of Ajax. These guys teach you one-touch football till they die. Mm -hmm. Like, Johan Cruyff is the master of one-touch football. Mm -hmm. You keep it simple, one, two, pa-pa-pa, tiki-taka, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. 
Van der Beek does that. And in this game, you can see that. Simple. That's all we ask for in a football match. Mm -hmm. Simple. Simplify your game. Yeah. Whenever I coach, simplify your game. Except for the, the, our, our best player, I give him a little bit more because yeah. he wants to do a little bit more yeah. and I want him to thrive on his, in his gameplay. Yeah. But the rest of the players, simplify your game. Mm -hmm. If you can learn to do that, football is a lot more of an easier sport. Absolutely. And there's one player who does that well, Van der Beek. Ole got it right. Mm -hmm. He finally did. I hope, you know, Van der Beek looks like he's injured. I hope he just goes back to that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Now, on the other side, Fred giving away a free kick. I love Fred. Giving away a free kick there, we might as well just call it a goal for James. Mm -hmm. James is a, is a specialist. You know, specialist in dead ball situations. Mm -hmm. Every ball that he put inside our box looked like it was going to be a goal. Mm -hmm. That's how good he is. You give him an opportunity to take a free kick, guess what happens? He's going to score a goal. Now, he also not only scored a goal, he also assassinated our goalie, mm -hmm. took him out of the game. Guy got, uh, De Gea got an injury. Mm -hmm. That's it. He's out, you know? So, you um, guys got Henderson. We have Henderson, which is another phenomenal uh, goalkeeper, I mm -hmm. think. Um, but, so, yeah, this is this is a thing, right? Like, um, Uli, I think he's he's got this, man. And then Riccavani doing his bits, man. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. And Bruno, as he had one of the worst games I've seen on United Shirt. Still productive. He still scored a goal and got an assist somehow. <laughs> like, that's how... I, I keep saying it. If we don't have Bruno, yeah. we should be looking at relegation. Like, <laughs> that's how much of a difference he makes to our team. Mm -hmm. If he's not there, we're in a lot of trouble, mm -hmm. you know? But I think now with guys like Van der Peek starting to go into the team, we just need guys who can give us 6 out of 10, 6 out of 10, 7 out of 10, 6 mm -hmm. out of 10, 7 out of 10, 6 out of 10. Um, and, and if they can do that, we're in a good spot, mm -hmm. right? Finally, one other thing I want to talk about, Hassan Hutu. You know, I love Hassan Hutu. I mm -hmm. think he's a phenomenal coach. Yeah. Um, and I just think that the quality just ran him over, man. Mm -hmm. I, when I look back, if you have a team like United and you're playing against that team like Southampton... Yeah, Southampton worked hard, but mm -hmm. United class showed, yeah. like the passing, the yeah. movement. Greenwood should have scored earlier. We, yeah. we should have been up at least one nothing early in the game. He didn't take his chance. That's how good we are. If you give Raph a team like this, that team would be dangerous. Yeah, oh, yeah. It would be absolutely, absolutely yeah. freaking dangerous, you know? So You could run the league over. Exactly. Um, so anyway, but Ole, Ole, once again, he lives to fight another day, man. This mm -hmm. guy will stave off everything, but I'm happy for him. I'm, I'm happy, man. I'm truly happy. I, I want to see United do well. Mm -hmm. As I said, I don't care if you're, who, you know, if you're whoever the hell you are, mm -hmm. the most hated manager. Let's say Gunnar Roar. I don't like him. <laughs> He's the manager for Nigeria. Let's say you're him, but if you're a coach United, I still want you to do well. Yeah. I want this team to be a successful team. And I don't want to be sitting there going on Twitter and getting bantered by, like, you know, shitty-ass fans that have nothing else to do with their life yeah. but just hate on United, uh -huh. you know? So I want us to do well. I want us to do great. I want us to be successful as a team. Mm -hmm. um, and this result just helps, you know? It really helps him. It helps Ole out. You can see the relief on his face. Mm -hmm. You can see how happy he was, see how much he meant to him. He wasn't, he wasn't know? on the iPad. <laughs> no, he's changed. Yeah. He's changed. Look, you know, there's uh, Glenn Hoddle, I think, said this. He said the touchline is one of the worst places to watch a game. Mm -hmm. And I agree with him because yeah. we have all been on a touchline oh, yeah. and we're watching a Absolutely. game. And it's just and like you just, can't see anything. You're just you know? screaming. Yeah, you're just kind of like hoping that the information you're given is good enough so that the a, a player can do what you need them to do. Mm -hmm. But it's different when you're on the touchline because what that tells you when you're on the touchline is my manager is on the side with me psychologically. Mm -hmm. He's not up there watching me play. He is on the side with me, mm -hmm. you know. I think feeling in the first half was there, and I think we were losing to nothing. Mm -hmm. Only comes on the touchline. The difference, the encouragement to see a manager beside you, mm -hmm. fighting with you, even though he's not playing with you, he's fighting with you. You know, it's such a joy to see, mm -hmm. right? So I think United that was that was, that was um um. An advice that Mourinho gave to Lampard. Yeah. Um, when they were playing in the League Cup game, and he was like, he was like, I was just telling him that is the time that we're that the team is losing that they need you on the touchline. Yes. Not when you're winning. You know yes. what I mean? So, yes. So and, and that's that, man. Like honestly, bro. Like for me as a coach. Yeah. I cannot believe myself not being on the touchline. Man, I remember when I was coaching when I was coaching Titans, I was on that 
I was yeah. there. Like I didn't sit. I didn't yeah. sit down. Like I, if I sat down, it was for a brief two seconds, yeah. and I'm back up yeah. again. You know. I could not believe. Like, I could never believe myself not staying on the touchline with my team. Mm-hmm. And just going upstairs to go watch it and be yeah. like, okay, let's see how they're doing. I get it. From an analytical standpoint mm-hmm. and a tactical standpoint, you can catch on things a little bit better. Yeah. But get somebody else up there. Mm-hmm. Tell Look, tell Phelan. Tell Carrick. Mm-hmm. You tell me. Like, uh, John Terry, mm-hmm. um, if you're watching with uh, Villa, he has a mic yeah. on his ear. There's a guy probably upstairs that's talking to him. Mm-hmm. And he's on the touchline. Dave Smith is on the touchline. Yeah. And then anytime John Terry gets info, you see him walk over to like Dave Smith and tells him, hey, this was happening. Yeah. That's what you should do. Mm-hmm. It's good that you want to see it. Watch the game after. Yeah. Watch the thing after on screen. Mm-hmm. You guys have the benefit of the of the of all the cameras in the world. But right now watching we're here and let's But fight. right <laughs> now we are together. We're fighting together. Yeah. I'm not gonna be sitting up there watching my team mm-hmm. get battered while, you know, that's happening. So mm-hmm. I'm happy. People, some people kind of were making fun of like other people making fun of him mm-hmm. for doing that. Bro, I don't care, man. If you guys, if any of you guys have coached a team, yep. you would know how good it is. You understand the importance of, the, of importance of your staying coach staying on that touchline, yeah. conducting things, screaming, yelling. Mm-hmm. You may not even see what the hell you're talking about, but you're just telling like yeah. that's different. The emotional impact is mm-hmm. different. Anyway, so. Um, Ole Ole's done a he's done a good job uh, so far with uh, those results, and if he keeps on this way, he just he will be in such a good good place. Mm-hmm. If he keeps on that, he will be in such a good spot. Mm-hmm. He'll be in a good place. He just needs to keep on winning. He needs to stave all the Ole outers you know uh, away from his back for now. Mm-hmm. He he just needs to keep delivering the goods. You start off by selecting the right lineup. The li- the right lineup sets the intent for you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get it right, you change right away like you did with Cavani. Yeah. He didn't wait till 70 minutes this time. He usually mm-hmm. waits till 70 minutes or 80 minutes. Yeah. And then you bring on somebody. He 45 minutes, Greenwood, I'm sorry, Kipta. We're not doing well. He took him off. Mm-hmm. Like that, he is starting to make the right moves. I just hope he continues. Because mm-hmm. this guy, he'll be doing the right things today. Tomorrow, he'll say, okay, we're going to start off with five of the back um, Two strikers and two mid, like three mids. Like yeah. it just some of the decisions he would make. You're like, but why, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so good result for United. Um, overall, good, good, good things. Yeah. But uh, we're coming to the end of the show, so we're just gonna wrap a couple of things up real quick. Uh, we'll start off with uh, City. So he won five nothing against Burnley. Uh, one of the guys who I saw on the Twitter, he put up. Um, uh, City's back? No, no, no. He didn't put that up. He said Burnley, um, you know, always gets destroyed by, by City. By City yeah. But then when they come against United, they play as if it's like their World Cup final. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, so, yeah. which was funny. And I, I thought it was hilarious because that is true. Burnley always seemed to, like, become, you know, Brazil mm-hmm. of, uh, or, or Italy of, uh, you know, 1990. You know, and then Man. playing against Manchester United or you live 2006 playing against United. So, mm-hmm. uh it's uh, it's interesting to see them lose, but they lost five nothing. Liverpool, as we talked earlier, they tied one yeah. one. Uh, they, they should have lost that game. I think Mopi didn't Mopi miss a penalty. He did, yeah. Yeah, so they should have lost it, uh, which is crazy. But Liverpool, I think their injuries now are starting to catch up to them. Mm-hmm. The quality is not quite there. Um, and Klopp's getting really pressured now. Yeah, Klopp, uh, Klopp is fine. He's he's that guy. They're gonna build a statue of him once he puts in his two weeks. Oh yeah. Um, you know he gave them he gave them whatever. But still, knowing so, knowing Klopp, he wants to win. Of course, yeah. he wants to win. He, that, the pressure is on himself. It's yeah. not even. Look, this guy has a free pass. He can do whatever he wants, and Liverpool would not uh, 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 do anything to him. The fans, they love him. They mm-hmm. revere him. Nothing is gonna happen to him. But anyway, jumping away from that, um, AC Milan won two nothing um, against Fiorentina. Um, Napoli slammed Roma for nothing. I, I keep saying this, like that Napoli team is so good. The problem they're just so inconsistent. Mm-hmm. They are so freaking good. When you watch the them play, the most consistent they were was oh. when, uh, well, when Diego Maradona played for them, and as well when uh, when Sari was their manager. Yeah, Sari, Sari was Sari brought that consistent because he had Jorginho in the base, mm-hmm. you know, controlling the tempo of the game, but. 
Yeah, they they slammed uh, Roma for nothing. Like it was just, you know, I was expecting like a classic. It was a sweep, but it was just a destruction. Um, yeah. and from Napoli's side, and I think the spirit of Diego was kind of like what they used yeah. to ginger themselves up. Uh-huh. And they're like, we're not losing, you know, when when we have to honor a guy like this. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, Juve tied with Benevento one one. An absolute disgrace. Mm. Pirlo probably they're gonna be looking at changing it because Juve doesn't play. That club does not mess around. Juve is playing um, Barca tomorrow, aren't they? Yeah, playing Barca. Um, but anyway, so they tied one one. I don't think Ronaldo was playing that game either. Um, and yeah, then saving him for the game tomorrow, probably. And then the other game um, that happened, um, Inter Bisasulo, uh three nothing. So that league, I think, would we'll do like a. Um, not a quarterly, but a, a you know by review or something, mm-hmm. you know by annual review uh, for them. So Inter won three nothing. Um, they took all their frustration of the loss against Real against uh, Sassuolo. Sassuolo didn't know what hit them. Poor guys. Um, yeah, they absolutely got murked. And then uh, for the first time, we're gonna just jump in just because I just want to talk shit. About um, La Liga. Yeah, uh, Real <laughs> lost. <laughs> Uh, 2-1 to Alaves. <laughs> Those guys, honestly, Zidane, Zlatan said one thing, okay? And the thing that Zlatan said, Zlatan said that Zidane went back to Real Madrid so he can get fired mm-hmm. just because that's what Real Madrid does. Mm-hmm. They always fire their managers. Yeah. So he went in to go complete the job to get fired. <laughs> he's probably going to get fired. Yeah. You know? so he's, he's not looking too he's good. He's not looking good. You know, he's he, he, and it sucks because right now he's he's slowly just gaining traction in uh, in the Champions League, and now he's just falling behind in La Liga. It doesn't suck. Yeah. Whatever. And Hazard Hazard's injured again. Yeah, Hazard again. That guy. I've told but you, man. Bro. He was so instrumental even in the Alaves game too. It was, it was just like yeah, I know he was instrumental in, in them losing two one because or, he left because he was injured and he left. Oh yeah, because yeah. he didn't he didn't day. do enough for them to win early enough. Anyway, and by the way, that should have been a penalty. Whatever, I don't care. Um, <laughs> we don't talk about La Liga yet, but I just wanted to mention that. And also, just to kind of throw some extra shade, Unite Emery is third Arsenal fans, and then finally, just moving on to the next piece. Um, uh, what else? Uh, we've got uh, our Bundesliga. Uh-huh. Oh, you don't want to talk about Messi's iconic goal? I as, don't give a damn. said by... Uh, I don't care. By Ray Hudson. Ray Hudson I don't care. Um, <laughs> so the other thing that I wanted to highlight, Bundesliga. Our boy Sancho, Sancho Watch. What happened? They lost. Yeah. Yeah. Sancho didn't play. He didn't play? No. Oh, well, maybe he should play. Maybe <laughs> they will win. But because he didn't play, it just shows you something's going on there, man. I'm really, like, on this thing. I think something really is going on. And people, like, one of the days, somebody we asked... also Haaland mi- missed a chance at the very end, too. Whatever. Uh, somebody asked this guy a question about uh, Sancho, and they were like, would he really do it in the Premier League? Mm. Would he? We've seen the physicality of the Prem. We've seen guys come in and just, what the heck? But that, and then and then wait, wait a minute. And then you can't compare Bundesliga to Premier League. Mm-hmm. Even Kai himself came up and said, it's different. Yeah, of course it's different. <laughs> it's yeah. di- and, and not like different, like, oh, it's easier. No, it's different. It's as harder. In, I, I got to like step up my game. Here. Mm-hmm. So that's, another, that's a conversation for another day because we're out of time. Yeah. But um, Sancho, man, you know... <laughs> When now when I'm looking at this, I'm like, man, we should have got him. I was on the train, like, well, I was 55%. We should have got him. But I'm looking at it right now, and I'm like, should we really have invested that cash on this dude? 110 million pounds on a prospect that's 20 years old. Look, we'll make that money tenfold, I believe, because mm-hmm. the shirt sales would have gone crazy. Yeah. But should we really have invested that money? Well, honestly, see, uh, throughout the whole summer... When we were talking on the on the group chat and people were like, Sancho this, Sancho that. I'm like, no, you don't need Sancho. I told so many Man U fans, I'm like, you do not need Sancho. First off, because I'm biased and I want Sancho to stay in <laughs> yeah. Dortmund. And second of all, you don't need Sancho. You know what I mean? Like, go spend your money on some guy who's cheaper that's going to give you something else. You know what I mean? Like, Wow. It's like... um. 
the money is it's too much it's 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 a very high premium yeah and you, you you just they're just doing it basically to bring back bring him back from 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 dortmund back to england yeah. that's pretty much all it is and he's gonna be like a homecoming and all of that but like man you really doesn't need sancho you know what I mean? I told mm. this guy so many times, you do not need Sancho. Sean is like, Sancho, come. Sancho, please come. <laughs> after the fr- after the free kick on uh, on uh, on Wednesday night, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was like, Sancho, Sancho, come now. Come yeah, now. Yeah. I'm like, bro, you don't need Sancho. Hey, Man, you fans, the ones with their brain uh, uh, intact, mm. like you, Mo, um, you guys would probably say, we do not need Sancho. You know what I mean? The, like I mean, the, the 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 idea of having Sancho there yeah. is probably what's driving you guys and saying, okay, yeah, 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 we need him. But in in reality, there's so many people who can play a wing job for you. You know what I mean? The the thing is, we haven't just for context, we don't have an actual right winger. Yeah, that has been on the team since who is the last Antonio Valencia that we invested in? Mm-hmm. So. There's such a the, we have right forwards, mm-hmm. but we don't have right wingers, wingers yeah. and that's the problem. And then, but another and, thing and too, of that, like you're, of gonna that bring, you're gonna bring Sancho in as a right winger. At least let him have a left foot. He yeah. don't got a left foot. Yeah, you know well, what I mean? It's not even that because then he can do things like stretch the play yeah. and utilize the wings. Because it comes down to basic. Look at, look at Mr. David Neres. Why is he still in Ajax, man? David plays on the left wing. We don't like that's He's the a problem. Right winger. He, but he plays on the left wing, a right winger that every no, he single plays time. On the right. Nah, he plays on the left. He plays I, on the right. All the games I've seen David Neres, the when, only reason when they played against Juventus, the only reason and Real Madrid, he, he played on the right. No, Ziyech played on the right. You're forgetting this. Remember, Ziyech is the right winger. He is. Thank you. But so is no, Neres. But Neres played on the left. I remember Z- those Ziyech games. Ziyech was kind of tucked in as as a mid. Okay, as an attacking mid, but he played more on the right wing. I I remember those games because those games were freaking lit. Yeah. That, those Ajax games were lit, and Ziyech, everybody were like. Why is nobody going for this guy? Mm-hmm. You know, he was the right winger on the team. So, but anyway, we don't we don't want to go into that piece because we're way out of time. But overall, the simple thing is United don't have the guy that is a right winger. Mm-hmm. To the, the person that they should have gone for, I think, was Hervin Lozano. They never did that. Hervin waited. Hervin begged... Um, um, what's that guy? Pogba's uh, guy, Mino Riola. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He begged Mino Riola. He's like, "Are you sure they're not coming?" He was like, "No, they're not coming. They don't want you. They're mm-hmm. not coming for you." So he went to Napoli. That was the guy that United needed to get. Mm-hmm. We didn't go for him because of incompetency. So, yeah. anyway, bottom line is United need a, a, a starting right winger. They have mm-hmm. Palestri now. Palestri is not ready. He's not ready. Yeah. They have Diallo. Diallo is not ready. He looked good with Atlanta the the the, the weekend, mm-hmm. but he's not ready either. Yeah. The Premier League is a beast. You need somebody at least that can that has the potential to step up or is ready to be there, mm-hmm. right? Um, but anyway, that's it, boys. Uh, I think uh, guys and boys, uh, ladies, gentlemen, everybody, whoever's listening, you know, whoever's this. listening. Thank you guys for listening to us. Uh, we went over. But we uh, really appreciate you guys taking the time. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, our socials are podcast CBF on Twitter, Twitter. and uh, no IG because we just haven't done that yet. But yes. you know, it's all good, all G. It's coming. But uh, if you guys appreciate what you listen to, please subscribe, share, uh, share, like, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. But we really appreciate your support. Um, and if you don't want to do that, it's up to you. Either way, we 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 do we don't do this. For people to share with everybody, but we just do this so you guys can hear us out. Yeah. So thank you very much, and we'll see you guys on the next show. Cheers.